Hallelujah. I appreciate y'all loving your pastors and taking good care of them. Amen. How many know they're precious? They're, they're God's gift to you. And if you're not a pastor, you don't know the benefits of it. So by receiving one, you can still get the benefits of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, as you're getting ready to be seated, smile at somebody and tell them, say, I am just full of the love of God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Amen. I might need to move this to the side. Hallelujah. How many of y'all enjoyed last night? Amen. Praise God. Well, blessed are the short-winded that they shall be invited back. I thought I got a little long-winded, but we was able to come back this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. My wife, um, she travels with me all the time, and she helps in the meetings. And so probably this evening, she'll be finishing up the meeting. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you, if you would, please open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 16. Last night, uh, Matthew 16, 19, and we'll look at that in the Amplified. Last night, we, we covered a lot of ground, but, and I'll, I'll just say this real quickly. In beginning, toward the end of last year, we always pray about our New Year's Eve meetings, and we was asking God, God, what about 2022? And, you know, you have a right to ask Him. You know, Psalms talks about, Lord, let me know my end. Show me how frail I am. And so you have a right to ask God about your life, your future. And then in John 16, 13, it says that he will show you things to come at the end of verse 13. That's the future. Now, he won't tell you every detail because how many know we have to learn to trust him and walk by faith. But we was asking him, and, and uh, he said for us, he said, uh, 2022 will be more of the same, which for me and my wife, we was excited because 21 was the best year we ever had. And, of course, before that, 2020 was the best year we ever had. Now, how many of you know, Pastor Jackie said some things last night about, out of Isaiah. It says, uh, darkness and gross darkness shall be upon the earth, but arise shine, for the light has come. So, I may know the church is supposed to get brighter because the world's going to get darker. So, in the darkness that, that's coming, even gross darkness, how many know? Don't get offended at people that walk in darkness because they're not saved. How many of y'all used to be an idiot besides me? Are you with me? Well, how many of you know if we're going to be an idiot, be a good one? And we were, right? But we come to Jesus and we got saved. And so in that, how many of you know, don't be offended with people that are acting crazy and talking about we don't need God and all this stuff. How many know they're just doing what they're programmed to do? But we're, we should come to a place of, of having such love of God that with their craziness, it don't bother us. Amen. We can see past it. Amen. Because how many of you are glad somebody didn't give up on you? I'm glad they didn't give up on me either. And so in that, the world's going to get crazier. The world's going to get goofier. But how many of you know the church is going to get brighter? Amen. Glory to God. 
And so in that, the, the enemy has set himself against you and me. We know Jesus whipped him, then delegated the keys of authority to you and I, the church. Gave us his name, gave us his authority. God gave us his word. We've been washed by the blood so that we can stand in righteousness before God without condemnation and guilt. So in that, we know that we are, there's, the word light has many things to, from the scripture, but one of them is we are a beacon to the darkness. And so in that, uh, there are things then you become a target. See, Jesus said the reason that it rains on the just and the unjust is because the devil doesn't want the world to see an extreme difference between a Christian and those not saved. So the Christian then has to study the Word of God in a way to find out our privileges and rights so that there is a distinction. See, if we're as broke and sick and defeated as people that aren't saved, then why would they want to even get involved? You know, if, if, we are, or if we're poor and broke and disgusted and always depressed, and then we say, you want to come and join the group I'm with? They're like, no thanks, I've got enough hell on earth the way it is. But if we're in victory, and, and everybody else is getting sick, and maybe we get sick, but we don't stay sick long, and we come out of it, and everybody else is having hell on earth, but we're having days of heaven on earth. People want to know, what are you doing that's so different? And then you can tell them about Jesus. Amen? So in these things that we're learning about, God told my wife and I, he said, 2022, more of the same. So we're like, praise God. We had some people come up to us after service, or those services, and they said, we really didn't have a good year. And they, they go to our church, and and uh, they said, we ain't had a good year. Do we have to have that? I said, absolutely not. Not if you're a believer. Make some changes. Amen. So look over at somebody say, I'm glad I ain't sitting by an idiot. Amen. Amen. Tell them, say, I'm smart enough by the help of the Holy Ghost to make changes. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Lord told us, he said, this year for, for my wife and I, he said, he said uh, I want you to, to teach about the love of God, among other things. And uh, he said, because like with Brother Hagin, he told us over and over again, he said, if I ever get into trouble health-wise or financially, the first place I look is unforgiveness. That's always the first place I look. And he said, I check my love walk. And so in that, he said, I've determined that if you're going to walk in health and victory, you're going to have to learn to walk in love. Amen. Now, see, with, with so many of us, when we came out of that kind of living and we come, got saved, it's not like, you know, when people challenge us, it's not like we're afraid of them. But how many know we've learned that there's certain things we don't need to be involved with? Or touch with our mouth or respond to. And so we have endeavored. He told us, he said, this year at the door of opportunities, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He said, there's going to be many, many adversaries. And he said, they can't stop you when you're walking in the love of God and in faith and by the word. But he said, here's the key. He said, 
When it says many, it means they will come from many different avenues. Many. It's not just a health. It's not just a finance. But it's from every direction. But he said, be, be aware that they can't stay since this thing is legal. The kingdom of God is legal. If, it's, if they come illegally, they will come one way but depart seven. But if they're there legal, you can use the name of Jesus and they'll laugh at you. So he said, you've got to get love walk nailed down completely, secured, teach it. Uh, it's not sometimes a real popular message because uh, it's not one of them you're running, jumping off the chandelier type messages. But I mean, no, once you start walking in health all the time, victory and everything's increasing around, how I many know, then we'll swing. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So uh, the Lord told us, he said more of the same. And then how many of you remember the things that he told Brother Copeland? He told him four things. He talked to him about correction, direction, protection, and then perfection. Amen. And so we found out it just coincided because I want to make corrections with my love walk according to the Word of God. Amen. And me and my wife, we got tickled because he had talked to us about this about October, November for the, the meeting in January, or at the end of December. And it was like all hell broke loose. And people just come out of the woodwork and would say stuff and tack and do different things. And, and it was just like, but when you're aware that you're not doing nothing wrong, are you with me? Then how many know, then you can put those things to flight. Amen? And if anything is here legal, then how many know, make the adjustments so it's no longer legal. It's just that simple. I like what Pastor Jackie was talking about, people saying God's sovereign, meaning that God, the word sovereignty, means self-sufficient, needing nothing to exist. That's God. But in your life, he's not. He said, even in the old covenant, I sat before you this day, blessing, curse, life, and death. And he said, ting! May I help with the answer? Please, choose life. If our life was going to be just wonderful once we got saved, he'd have said, once you're saved, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. But yet the provision to have a wonderful life is there but we have to get it. Come on. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes. All right. So, this morning, uh, we talked about the book, Love the Way to Victory, and we read several things out of it last night. And uh, we didn't read the whole story, but you remember the couple that was ordained, licensed ordained ministers, they had a little girl at the age of two, epileptic seizure started, and then there was some stuff mentally, if you read the whole book, or the story about it, and do you remember she had said, I hate my mother-in-law. Uh -huh. yeah. Then they took the child and had hands laid on them. themselves believed in laying hands on the sick and the anointing in the name of Jesus. They understood those things. But the thing persisted and the child kept getting worse. And so when Brother Hagin come, he was teaching out of 1 John, talking about it. Anyone that hated this brother, meaning a brother in Christ, is, is a murderer. And then he said, and that means mother-in-law too, when he was preaching. She said she hated her mother-in-law. Well, she was confused 
because she thought it was some mystical thing that she didn't know when her and her husband would say in the name of Jesus, healing belongs to our daughter and would command that thing to stop, but it wouldn't. See, only this, uh, can you look at Deuteronomy 20, 29, 29? We'll come back to Matthew in a minute. Glory to God. Have we prayed yet? We did, didn't we? No. Amen. Did y'all pray for you to come to church? Okay, good. That'll cover it then. All right, now, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. Now, do you have this in, uh, I think it's the Amplified. It says the things uh, that belong unto the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. Do you have it in the NLT, Deuteronomy 29, 29? NLT, where the people can see it, it says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. People have asked me before, what do you think about the dinosaurs? Were they really here? I'm like, well, sure they were. We got their skeletons. Well, when were they here? Before Adam, because we got a record from Adam on. Well, how come you don't preach about them? Because I'm not responsible because I have no word, therefore it be a theory to preach about it. I am not responsible. But people try to take this Bible verse in areas where sometimes people die because of sickness or they never get out of poverty. And they said, well, for some mystical reason, it's just a secret. No, it's not. We might not know. But I guarantee you, really and truly deep-rooted in that person's heart, they know. Because, may I say, healing belongs to everybody. As surely as salvation does. So may I ask you, how come everybody ain't saved if it's available? Thank you. Free will. They choose not to, or they have no, they have no knowledge of a Savior. Therefore, you can't leave it up to God to save somebody. He already did everything He can for us. He sent Jesus. Amen. So then, this thing here, those things that are secret, there are secrets that belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed. Now, in the NLT of mine, it says, the older translation of the NLT, it says, we are not responsible for them. Look at somebody say, secrets I'm not responsible for. But the things revealed. Well, what are revealed? Do you believe healing belongs to you? Do you believe prosperity belongs to you? So then if it ain't working... It's not a divine secret that God's keeping it back. There's something else. Okay? So this morning, uh, if you can take it, we're going to get after it. We touched on it last night out of the book of Job. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 16 where we were a minute ago. And we'll go as far as this as we can. This is about a two-hour message, so we'll condense it to about an hour. (laughs) yeah we'll get right to it Matthew 16 19 in the amplified 
it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind. Now look what's in parentheses. What's it say? Declare to be improper and what? On earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose declare what? On earth must be already loosed in heaven. Everybody say unlawful and lawful. Say legal, illegal. The kingdom of God operates on this system. Heaven says it will back up whatever you say is illegal and whatever you allow. Heaven has to back up whatever you allow to go on in your life. Heaven has to back it. So if a human being chooses to go to hell, heaven has to support it. Not from a place of positiveness, but because of choices we made. But God wants everybody saved. Okay? Now, everybody one more time say legal, illegal. Now, Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 10 and 11 in the Amplified. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, or I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 in the Amplified. It says, If you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And... What I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sakes in the presence and with the approval of Christ the Messiah. Why, God? To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. Wiles means this. Skilled in outwitting through trickery or deception. That's a while. Jesus told us what Satan's intentions were in John 10.10. That's his intention. To steal, to kill, or to destroy you or me. That's his intentions. But it's through trickery, wild strategies is how he intends to do it. But in the first part of that verse, isn't it interesting that he said, if you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. Everybody say forgiveness. Who should you forgive? Who's the main one? Thank you. That's the main one. It's easy to forgive other people sometimes. But you want to hold yourself in captivity. Matthew, Jesus says there's a new commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Forgive others as you forgive yourself. And I'm pulling in Matthew 6 and Matthew 25 together. So we know then 
Do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to forgive others? Sure. Why? According to this verse we just read. Why? So God can forgive us and not give the devil an open door. Then is there a legal case here he's referring to? Must be. So tell somebody, the intentions of the devil is still kill and destroy. But the way he will do it, or wiles, is this is how it says, skilled and outwitting through trickery and deception. He's been at this a long time. Go with me if you would to Isaiah 43, please. Isaiah chapter 43. And do you all have the good news translation? If you don't, I've got it wrote down. Isaiah chapter 43. Look at verse 25 and 26. I'll read real quickly out of King James. It says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, God says, and will not remember thy sins. Then he said, put me in remembrance. Let us what? Plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Well, that's good. But, but in the Good News translation, it says, And yet, I am the God who forgives your sins. I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Now listen to this part in the Good News translation. Let us go to court. Bring your accusations... Present your case to prove you are right. I'll read it again. And yet I am the God who forgives your sins. I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Let us go to court. Bring your accusations. Now who brings accusations against you? The devil does. Now, now go please, if you would, to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 12. Revelation 12, verse 10 and 12. We'll look at that in the King James. And then we'll look at it also in the Good News. Revelation chapter 12. And we'll read verse 10 through 12. King James reads, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, the power of His Christ. For the who? The accusing of our brothers cast down, which accused them before our God. How long? Who was He accusing you before? God. What is He looking for? A legal case. A legal case. Everybody say a legal case. Now, we'll show you some scriptures. We'll move along rather speedily, but we'll show you that Timothy says God is a just God, a just judge. Just. So if anyone was to bring an illegal case to a just judge, would he render a verdict on it or throw it out? He would throw it out. Then my question is, how then has he got so many legal cases against a Christian? 
because they are legal. If you do something, if you get mad at people and you hold a grudge, I'll, I'll say it like this. I don't know how many times we've been called to go pray for someone who has held unforgiveness or a grudge and refused to repent of it until after a sickness has attached itself to them. And on the bed of affliction, they get to thinking, I need to straighten this up. How did that happen when they are a believer? He kept bringing a case, but when you act or I act uh, and hold unforgiveness or a grudge, and then the, the Holy Ghost talks to us about it, and we say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I choose to walk in love. I ask for the blood of Jesus come and cleanse me. How many know? He'll still bring a case before God, but God will throw it out because He said, I'm sorry, that case no longer exists. But when you hold it, He brings that legal case before God, and God will have to render a verdict in favor of Him because it's legal. Everybody okay? All right, now Revelation 12.10 in the Good News says, uh, For the one who stood before our God and accused believers day and night has been thrown out of heaven. The easy read says, He is the one who accused them day and night before our God. Uh, go to 2 Timothy to... Uh, well, can you go to Exodus first? Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, we'll look at verse 12 in the, the King James, please. Exodus 12, verse 12. Now I'm going to say something about the word accuser before we read Exodus 12. The word accuser means to charge with a fault or an offense. It actually means to bring in accusation. The devil is trying to build a legal case against you and I. He is trying to get you or I judged so that he can get access. Remember last night we read out of 1 Corinthians 11? After he talks about communion discerning the Lord's body. And then he says, if we would what? Judge ourselves, we should not be. See, a lot of people think God judges you. No. Write this down, never forget it. Judgment always gives access to the devil. Always. You remember in 1 Peter 4, he talks about as Christians... Uh, Jesus was our substitute. We can't go there, but where He was our example, walk. And then He talks about let none of you as, uh, suffer as a murderer, evildoer, all those things. But he's, then He says, yet if any of you suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But then you go down a little bit further and He says, and we know that judgment now 
must begin at where? House of God. To judge it means you sentence it and you stop it. That's all it means. So, the people, most of the people we've prayed for, once sickness has attached herself to their body, have told us, we've prayed for several. One, one man I'm particularly thinking of, he waited till cancer got him. And he's now, he's eat up with it. Doctors don't give him long to live. And he asked us, and we prayed with him. He did get, he, he made some uh, confession of faith in Jesus. And he said, you know, I, I lived right here by my brother all these years, over 20 or 30, maybe 40. Hadn't talked to him over something that happened when they were young men. And he held that grudge, and then cancer attached itself to him. Well, I mean, no. He, don't, he hadn't been established in the Word of God. He ain't been sitting under a Word and Spirit pastor teaching him about healing and by his stripes were healed. So how many of you know the only thing we can do is just make sure he's ready to go to heaven. See, a lot of times if the finances aren't rescued before they completely are destroyed, you can get them back through restoration, but it's a process. It's better to just fix this stuff now. Don't, don't let sickness touch you. Are you with me? Fix it now. Amen. Glory to God. Because listen, the devil, he knows good and well, we're safe, we're going to heaven, folks. He can't stop that. So the only thing he's like, the more of them I get out of here, the easier my job will be. But tell somebody, I'm going to finish my course. So Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 says, uh, you know, it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute what? Judgment. So God says there's going to be judgment in the street. Is that correct? Then if you would, go over to verse 23. And, and a lot of times people will read that and it says, sounds like God's in the street. But we, aren't you glad we know it's not? Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth what? The blood upon the lintel. This is animal's blood. You ain't been washed with no goat's blood. You've been washed with the blood of God. Hallelujah. And if, if the, the destroyer, it's going to say destroyer, or the angel of death had to pass, nobody, none of the Israelites could be saved. Jesus hadn't died yet. But this is animal's blood and representation of the Lamb of God that's coming. They were looking to it. We get to live in the fulfillment of it. Tell somebody, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. And see... What's a shame is to be washed by the blood and have the protection of the blood and get passed out past the blood and still get touched. Amen. Tell somebody, I ain't going out in the street. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to keep myself in love. I'm going to keep myself in peace. I'll be quick to forgive. I'll not hold grudges. 
I will not talk about other people. You know, when we got tickled, we'd hear people say, uh, usually it was younger people, not always, but sometimes, and, and they would say stuff like, well, when I have kids, my kids will never act that way. My wife and I would laugh because we thought, you ain't had none yet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And if you're not paying for them children's raising and stuff, you have no place there to say nothing. Amen. Well, if I was pastor, I'd do this. You ain't, so you need to shut up. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me? You know, well, if I was doing that, I'd do it this way. Well, get you some. And we'll see how you do. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and be critical. But you know, all that will get you according... See, the devil's smart. I know most people think he's stupid. He ain't. He's smart. He was created by God. He had the position of leading praise and worship in heaven. Pride of his beauty is what lifted him up, and he got kicked out. He is a fallen being. He no longer receives revelation by light of God. But yet, he was with God. He worked with God. He knows this stuff. If he can't get you to quit serving God, and you're going to walk in the word and authority of Jesus, and you won't teeter, but then he can get you. You remember last night, 1 Corinthians 14.10? There are in the world many voices, and every one of them carries significance. You have to learn what strife sounds like. You have to learn what fear sounds like. It carries significance. It's not of God. It's supernatural, but it's not of God. If the devil can get you to be critical of someone and judge them, he knows according to the Word of God in Romans 2, that says if you judge someone, then you have to do the exact same thing. And that is the Word of God, folks. You have to. We've dealt a lot with, with children that come from broken homes. And people often ask us, and, and thank God for the Word, the Bible's got answers. Why did that daughter or that son treat their, their new spouse? They, they didn't like what their dad or their mother did, but it's almost like they married the exact same thing. Because they judged their mother or father how they acted, therefore they have to do the exact same thing. And the devil knows that. I don't know. You ever been around a crowd and people start talking about somebody? It's like you get sucked in. It's like a vacuum. It's like, and you want to, you want to be a part. You want to at least have a part. And so you start saying, for long, you're like, you're off in it, neck deep. I mean, we are talking. It's like Sally and I are like, we're sorry. We have what? No opinion. 
Well, I know you're a preacher, but, but you ought to have something. Not about that. I don't have no place. Well, what do you think about it? I don't. I have no opinion. I have no opinion. See, we, we're, we're in our 60s. We go all the time. We have no problems physically. We can go anywhere we want to because God's helped us and God leads us. And we just go and do this all the time. And people's like, how do you keep up the pace you do? Well, number one, we're grace. But also, like, like your pastors, I mean, we just flow and go. No struggle. But you know what? God told us years ago. He said, if you don't watch this stuff, your physical body will be hurt. And as soon as your physical body is done, your earthly ministry is over. Because it requires your physical body to function here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Now, so Exodus 20, 12, 23, he says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. He seeth the blood upon the land. Look, somebody say, I see the blood of Jesus on you. Not animal's blood, the blood of Jesus. Could Satan go into these Israelites' house? No. Are they born again? Do they have the name of Jesus? They got the blood. And this is animal blood pointing to the future. This is under a type and shadow, but Satan still could not go in. You don't he wanted to kill the Egyptians or the Israelites as sure as he did the Egyptians. He wanted to make them, but how many know they are children of covenant and there's a separation. Thank God for the separation of the church and the world. We don't look like it. We live here, but there's a separation. When everybody else is sick, we're wealthy. We're healthy. We're victorious. We don't walk in fear. Glory to God. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptian. When he seeth the blood, and on the two signposts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer who? Thank you. The who? Who is the destroyer? New Testament. The devil. So who's in the street? The devil. Verse 12 says, judgment's coming. So write it down again if you didn't want to go. Judgment always gives access to the devil. Always. Always. Now, glory to God. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 7 and 8 in the Amplified. 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, I have fought the good, in parentheses, worthy, honorable, notable fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firm, held the faith. As to what remains, henceforth there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness. For being right with God and doing right. Which the Lord, the who? Thank you. What is he? What is God? 
then would he ever rule on an illegal case? Now, I know on earth, people can bring up an accusation and take you to court and you be innocent. But you still have to hire a lawyer to go and prove your innocence. Not so with the kingdom of God. Is God the righteous judge? When people say God's after you, let me say God is for you, not against you. But is his kingdom legal? Thank you, Pastor Ken. Has to be. Therefore, there's boundaries. And the devil cannot cross, even though he's an outlaw. He cannot cross things that are legal. He will try to, but you'll stand up and say, uh-uh, no, 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 this is illegal. You take your hands off my body. How I many know he'll scare me and get out of there? But if there's unforgiveness, if there's a refusal to walk in the love of God towards your brother and sister, and he brings a case, God reads the accusation. There's not been any repentance and he looks at the person and he's like, man, I really wish we could dismiss it. But it's legal. Okay. So everybody say righteous judge. Please, please know this. And I know you know it, but I want to say it again. God is for us. Not against us. He is for us. Now go back to where we were last night, please. Go to Job chapter 1. The clock's nice. It, I got my right time now. Amen. <laughs> Job 1. And uh, let's look at verse 6 through 12, in the NLT, please. Now, we read this last night, but we're going to go into it further now with the light of what we're talking about, walking into God kind of love. One day, the members of the heavenly court, this is in the NLT, Job 1.6. That's a little bit different. But I'll read your mind. It says, one day the members of the heavenly court, everybody say heavenly court, came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, come with them. God says, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God, stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him. Everybody say, I got a fence around me. Amen. Glory to God. You have put a wall of protection around him and his home and, and his property. You made him to prosper in everything he does. Look at somebody say, Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, God says, you may test him. Now listen, how come God to do that? 
He came with the accusation. He said, I've been watching. I've been controlling the earth. Folks, if God's the righteous judge, there is no way. If the devil brought something that was illegal, God would give him permission to do. That's right. He loves us. And like Pastor Jackie was talking about, all he's asking us to do, just repent. When you get mad, let it go. Keep yourself in the love of God. Don't hold grudges. If you mess up, if you sin, simply go to 1 John 1 9. Father, I ask you to forgive me. I sin. Cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus. And the Bible says immediately you will be forgiven and made righteous back in fellowship with God. And then it is cast as far as the east is from the west. And he said, I will not remember it ever again. I will not bring it up so don't you either. Yeah, but I I, I got a temper. Well, use it against the enemy. I hate the devil's guts. I can do that legal. Sometimes I accuse him of not having guts because he always tries to slip around the dark to come at you instead of head on. But are you with me? So, God said, go ahead. So everybody say, he got a legal case. Now go to Job chapter 3, verse 25. Do you have the easy read version? I think, I think last night you did. Job 3.25 in the uh, easy read version, says, I was afraid something terrible would happen and what I feared most has what? What does the spirit of fear sound like? All of us have hurt him. What does he feel like? How many of you besides me have ever been in something, a situation, a, a, a bill comes that there's not enough money for that you was un, not expecting? or come into a presence of a horrible situation. We've all felt it. Yeah. Folks, you can feel it. It's supernatural. Yeah. And it carries power. Yeah. But it is powerless yeah. against the name of Jesus. Yeah. But what's it feel like? It'll have sensation. It'll make things on your body respond. Some people, their stomach's not. You can feel its presence. Some people say hair on back of your neck stand up. And it'll say, looks like to me you're going under. Uh-huh. But see, you've got to know whatever voice in the earth sounds like so that you can distinguish. Because we only know the voice of the good shepherd. And another voice we will not follow. See, there's a lot out here. I was afraid something terrible would happen and what I feared most has happened. How many know fear does not have the power to overpower you as a believer. But if fear can get you to respond to it, then the thing it's trying to delegate or sell you will actually happen. And people get confused and they say, well, see, there it did happen. Not because it had the power to, because it suggested something to you and you bought into it. 
tell somebody you're sitting by, I'm going to walk in love if it hair lips the devil. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but it sounds good. Amen. <laughs> Go to Job 9, please. Is this okay, y'all? Everybody doing all right? Now, Job 9, in the Amplified, Job 9, verse 32, 33 in the Amplified. I'll, I'll reference this, and then when we read all these scriptures out of Job, it'll make more sense. Job kept giving way to fear, and finally fear them. Had an opportunity, and the devil said, I've been on the earth patrolling it, watching, and I've been watching Job, and I've been around and around and around his place, and I couldn't touch nothing he had, because you got a hedge around him. And then Job said, but all of a sudden he started buying into fear and he'd go to the temple every day and he'd pray out of fear, do things out of fear. Remember, it's in chapter 1. We read it. And so the devil says, he's operating in fear. And he said, I have found a crack in the fence. And this is the case I brought. And God says to him, okay, test him. In Ephesians 4.27, remember we quoted it last night, give no place to the devil. How do I give place to him? By yielding to those, not walking in love, holding unforgiveness, holding a grudge, getting mad at a fellow brother and sister. Yeah, mad at God. And so, then, Job, after stuff starts happening, because he's, he's a very rich man, he comes up and he says, I'll tell you one thing. I'd like to have a meeting with God. He did. He said, I'd like to have a meeting with God. I'd like to see him face to face. And I'd ask him, how come all this stuff is happening to me? Because he should be protecting me. What happened when Jesus was in the boat and he went to sleep? And they was going to the other side? They all yielded to fear. And what, what did they finally do? Peter, I think. I think it was Peter. Woke him up. What did he say to him? What's the very first words he said? Don't you care we're in bad trouble and he got up and tried to justify what Peter said and said oh yeah I care no he didn't he said why are you so he wanted them to recognize the voice that they were listening to was not his spirit people will question God how come I'm not healed God, how come I'm, I'm struggling in poverty? And they act like it's God's fault. <laughs> Let me come over here. This side's looking a little rough. Okay. <laughs> but Job said, I'd like a meeting. If I, I'd, I'd, I'm, 
Oh, I'd like to see him face to face. And God shows up in a whirlwind. It's a dust cloud. And God steps out. And he said, I heard you want a meeting with me. He said, yeah. And he said, I'll answer everything you got before I do. Now, we're going to read all of this. But before I do, I want to ask you a few questions since you think that I'm unjust. Where was you when I made the planets and I hung the stars? Do you know how they all stay there? Oh, I see you don't. Let me ask you the next question. How does the sea only know to come so far and stop? Oh, I see you don't. Let me ask you the next question. And you think I was unjust and unfair. Job says, I see I have made a mistake. I will put my hand upon my mouth and I will speak no more. Because God said, you think I'm an unjust judge? Do you think I allowed this to come illegal? Listen, Brother Hagin told us over and over and over, I have walked, Brother Hagin, I have walked for 40 some years and ain't even had a headache. Did God love him more than he does us? There is a way that we can walk in health, not even need healing, walk in health, everything we touch increases, turns to gold, prosperous, victorious, go from glory to glory. There is a way to get there. And it ain't up to God. He's made the way. Just get on the way. Get out of the way and get on His way. Glory to God. Main thing, walk in love. Don't hold grudges. Don't be critical. Well, they hurt my feelings. Well, get over it. Are you with me? You don't know, you don't have any idea what they've been through that day. They might have had a hellish day. And they at least showed up to church. But they've had they've had a flat, bad hair day. Everything's went crazy. All that stuff. And at least they show up to church and you see them. You stick out your hand and they go, hi. And you get offended. You don't know what they've been through. We'll be gracious when you come with an attitude. Are you with me? Amen. Glory to God. Don't let the devil trick you through a while. No, he's after. He's after your health, after your victory. Don't let him have it. Hallelujah. Where did I ask you to go? There? Alright. Job 9.32 Amplified. For God is not a mere man as I am that I should answer Him that we should come together where? What? Court of heaven. 
Who's there? God the Father, Jesus, your advocate. But who else is there? Prosecuting attorney, the devil. But you can go into any court. And when you've asked for forgiveness, and you're covered by the blood, and you're walking in love, and the prosecuting attorney stands up, and he starts reading, whatever it's called, what's it called, huh? Charges, thank you. Charges. God starts looking through the files. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the docket number of that again? Uh, sorry, I, I don't have that. All I have here is blood. But then when we get, we're tired or we're touchy. Somebody says something the wrong way or didn't greet you the right way. Or somebody tries to cut you off in traffic, which is mine I work with. But, and we're like, that's the most stupidest thing. And then we're like, you know, I shouldn't say that. God, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. There's not a case. But when we don't repent, these cases are legal. God is not a mere man as I am that I should answer him that we should come together where? In court. Verse 33, Job says this, there is no umpire between us who might lay his hand upon us both. How many know 1 Timothy 2.5 says there is an umpire or an advocate for you and me. His name is Jesus. He's our lawyer. He is our representation. And if we will take his sacrifice, his blood, his leadership in telling us what to do, we can get this thing thrown out of court. Tell somebody, I ain't going to be sick no more. I ain't going to be broke no more. I ain't going to be depressed no more. I'm not a victim. I am victorious. I am victorious in Christ. Glory to God. Go to... Um, If you read Job chapter 29 in the Amplified, it'll, it'll talk to you about all the things he did uh, when God was by his side. He fed a lot of people. He, he built stuff. I mean, he was a generous man. And it talks about it all. And then all of a sudden, stuff started drying up. And he said, I'd like to have a meeting. I'd like to see God. I'd like to ask him just what's going on. To, I, I was going to get to it, but we'll, we'll do it next time. But do you remember in Luke, is it Luke 13, it says that, that in Jerusalem, one was uh, Galilee, I believe, and one was Jerusalem. 
It says there was a group of people in a church building that was worshiping God. Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it said a, a group of people come in and killed them all, took their blood and mingled it with the sacrifices. This isn't Bob. Jesus told this story. So it was a real story. And he said, do you think that that group of people was worse than anybody else? He said, I say not. But he said, if you don't understand repentance, then you're just as vulnerable to calamity and accidents as they were. Then he said, what about the 17 that was over, I think it's Galilee or wherever it was at. He said there was this big tower. And he said, there's just a group of people standing there and the tower fell and killed 17 folk. Jesus told this. He said, do you think that they were worse than all the other folk? He said, no, I say not. He said, unless you repent, you yourself are just as vulnerable as them. Look at somebody and say, I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. See, this ought to explain why a lot of times when people have problems in their body, now listen, if people ain't been taught that they accept by faith and receive by faith, then how I many know that can hinder some stuff. But but when people are are been taught and, and things like that, and then things don't change, this ought to explain some stuff. First first place I always look to is unforgiveness. And how's my love walk? How's my love walk? Number one. How am I treating my wife? Because see, 1 Peter 3 says that if you don't treat your wife, then your prayers cannot leave the earth. They are cut off and never make heaven. Then it talks about the wife treating her husband. Amen. All right, you ready to go back to Job? Go to Job chapter 38. We're about, we're almost get done. Job chapter 38. Let's start in verse 1 through 12 in the Amplified. Job chapter 38, verse 1 through 12, Amplified. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind. Remember Job said, I'd sure like to have a meeting. Well, I tell you what. Listen to this. Out of Job chapter 30, 20 through 31 in the Message Bible. Hold this because we're just going to continue reading. Job 30, verse 20 through 31 out of the Message Bible. Listen. I shout for help, God and I get nothing and no answer. This is Job talking to God. I stand to face you in protest and give you, or, and give me, I'm sorry, I stand to face you in protest and you give me a blank stare. This is what Job said to God. You've turned into my tormentor. Look it up. You slap me around. You knock me about. 
you raised me up so I was riding high and then dropped me and I crashed. I know you're determined to kill me to put me six foot under. What did I do to deserve this? And I can't tell you how many times we've heard Christians say almost the same thing. I'd like to know what is going on. What did I ever do to do to deserve this? Plenty. We ought to be grateful we never got what we deserved. We deserve to burn and go to a devil's hell, but God gave us Jesus. So don't bring up what we deserve. Well, Brother Ricky, I just can't help it. It's my hormone. I know I'm rude and mean, but I can't help it. Well, get something to fix it. I have no idea why I said that. I'm going to come back over here. Okay. And I ain't looking up for a little bit, okay? Now. <laughs> and us guys, you know, we'll cop a little attitude. We will. Go in, won't talk to your wife. She's had a job and worked all day and then went home and cooked. You won't talk to her. You act like you got a chip on your shoulder. Wonder why your your uh, money is, is messed up. Look at two people and say, I, I really don't know who he's talking to, but I'm sure this is good. Amen. All right, now. <laughs> Whew. Job 38, verse 1 through 12, Amplified says... Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? <laughs> Gird up your loins like a man. I like that. I will demand of you, and you tell me, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare to me, if you have any kind of understanding, who determined the measure of the earth, if you know, and he just goes through this. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or, or who shut up the sea with the doors when it broke forth and issued out of the womb. When I made the clouds the garment of it. Thick darkness swaddling band for it. Marked for it my appointment boundaries and set bars and doors. And said, thus far shall you come and no further. And here you shall proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Do you know how the sun comes up every morning? He just starts through all this stuff. Chapter 40, verse 4. Job 40, verse 4 through 10 in the Amplified, please. <laughs> you ready? Job 40, verse 4. Amplified. Behold! I am of a small account and vile. What shall I answer you? I tell you what, I'll lay my hand on my mouth and not speak no more. I have spoken once, but I will not reply again. But I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, saying, Gird up your loins now like a man. I will demand of you, and you answer me. 
Will you also, please look, annul, set aside, render void, what? Will you condemn me, your God, that you may appear righteous in justice? Will you condemn me, your God, that you may appear righteous and justify? Have you an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Since you question the manner of the Almighty's rule, deck yourself now with the excellency and dignity of the supreme ruler and yourself under the government of the world if you're so wise and array yourself with honor and majesty. He got a nerve, didn't he? He hit a nerve of God. God wanted Job to understand. Job, I didn't do this to you. I, I love you, and you have seen my hand upon you, and everything you touched increased, and you're wealthy. Everything was good. You begin to not understand what fear was. Different things. You started yielding to it, started confessing, praying, different things. And then you got, that opened the door to the enemy, the destroyer. And he'd been around and around and around your place, and he never could touch nothing of yours. But he said, I found a crack. And then he brought this accusation, which was actually just, or may I say, legal. Would you, me, as your God, Job, want to do something unjust? I can't. You wanted me to still protect you because you're one of my children. This should now make more sense. There is protection with me. There is long life with me. But you can't live any way you want to and get it. If you mess up, simply repent. Quickly. Don't hold stuff until you start noticing your finances drying up or you start feeling stuff in your physical body. We can still work through that. But how many know sometimes people don't recover? Are you with me? We don't want that. Amen? So we're going to walk in love, aren't we? Seven of us. After all that good teaching. <laughs> Write this down. What, it's 1201. This is the last sentence I'm reading. What confuses folk is when God can't protect them when they are his kids. That's what confuses people. But how many know protection, long life, health, victory has been given to us? And we're going to figure out if something's going on, how many know at least have enough sense to know this? It's not. On God's side. Just figure that out. It is not on God's side. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you please stand? You say, well, Brother Ricky, I, you know, I've been saved for a long time. 
and I should have this by now. Well, so should I. Don't beat yourself up. Just be glad you are here and you're still alive. We got time to change. Well, Jesus is coming. Well, be on the way to changing and we'll meet him in the clouds of glory. Amen. But the thing of it is, is don't, don't belittle yourself and don't condemn yourself. But simply know this. I repent and I ask God to forgive me. I ain't going to do it no more. And if I do, I'll repent of it and ask God to forgive me. I, I won't get mad in traffic. Are you with me? Or whatever it might be. You just stay after it and help me know. You'll get past it. You'll get past it. You'll get on the other side of it. Hallelujah. A while ago, uh, I'll say it like this. Is there someone in this meeting that has begun to experience, not all the time, but periodically, it's almost a dizziness, and it, and it, it makes you almost unstable for, it could be just a few seconds or a little longer. But is that meaning that's you, sir? Okay, anybody else? Okay, several. I'll give this out, and then I'm going to minister to you all. This is for someone. I don't know which one of y'all, but for someone. Sally and I have raised 13 children. We have now, Pastor Jackie said, 19 grandkids. We know that if you raise your children the way they should go, when they get old, they'll not depart from it. Well, if they do depart, you can't fix it. And you shouldn't finance it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. But they're your children. You love them. And you want to, you want to help them. But the, the quickest way to help them is to pray the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. They might know. Because they got to make some choices. But what's happened is, and I don't know who this is for, and it might not even be for anybody present, but at least we're getting it recorded. When they do the stuff you do, the stuff they do, and then you go to God, what it does is it's upsetting you. It's upsetting you. It's disturbing your peace. That's how these things are even starting to begin with the dizziness. Don't yield to that. Don't let what they're doing upset you. Pray the eyes of understanding be enlightened. Those that raised your hand, if you'll come, please. Devil will bring thoughts. Well, you prayed for him. How come God ain't doing that? Don't ever touch that in your thinking. God is working on your behalf. But he's dealing with a human being that has a free will. Honey, would you come? Father, we thank you right now as we pray to lay our hands upon these precious people. We minister the healing anointing you placed upon us. 
We know how to release faith. And we thank you we know these people here know how to receive faith. So before we lay hands upon them, we'll not be praying. We'll not be doing anything. We're not in giving out mode. We are in receiving mode. So these will not be praying. They'll actually be receiving of you, looking to you. So we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Be thou everywhere hope. Be thou everywhere hope. Be thou everywhere hope. Be thou everywhere hope. Thank you, Father. Be thou everywhere hope. Hallelujah. Be thou everywhere hope. Jesus. Jesus, mighty name. Bless your name. Oh. Father, we thank you. We release the healing anointing into her body. We give you glory. Give you honor. Father, we release the healing anointing into her body. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus mighty name glory to God hallelujah glory oh okay how you doing sir can't hold your hand father thank you for this young man thank you father for the things prepared ahead of time plans past that you prepared for Thank you. Thank you for those that are willing to see about his welfare. Keeping him as close to the path until he's able to make choices of himself. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor Jackie, I'm, I think we're done. If you want to say this with me, I, I've turned it back to Pastor Jackie, but if you'd like to say this with me, Father God, I ask you to forgive me or I've been upset or held a grudge or haven't walked in love or entertained what fear said. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You have forgiven. I am clean. And I am in a state of righteousness with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.